Mr. Feeney? Mr. Feeney? So that's next. That's the the next big one, at least. Jamie and I are thinking maybe South America 2024. Yeah, that'd be great. I'm excited. Cool. Now I got the bug. This is my first like, you know, overseas adventure. I've been out of the country once, but it was like on a cruise. So that barely counts. Now I've got the bug and I'm like, oh, I, I was on, on a plane for 10 and a half hours. No problem. I can definitely do that more often. My <laughs> bank account's like, no, you can't. No, 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 honey, you can't. Yeah. But my brain is like, oh, so that's the, that's the new issue that I face. <laughs> Should we get into the honeymoon is over? Yeah, let's do it. Hey. Disclaimer for everyone listening. Uh, we watched this episode like a week ago, but then life got in the way. So we couldn't uh, record. So yeah. it's been a hot second since we've seen it, but we both done a little refresher. And so we're getting into it. Here we are. Welcome, welcome back to the Feeny Call. It's been a minute. We've I know. I know. Lots just happening. We got to finish this thing. We're, we're. I know. We're, we're so, so close. close. But it's not as easy as it was when we started, no. and we were both working like either jobs we didn't care much about or yep. time. <laughs> well, and when when we first started, we were both working a similar schedule, and so we yeah. like both had like it was easy to get together on like a Wednesday or Thursday night and record, and then the pandemic hit and then it was so easy because we had nothing but time and right. now this is like this is like back to I guess real life but except my real life now involves working a completely opposite schedule from you yeah, <laughs> and so right. now it's kind of like we've like flip-flops where now this is this is surprisingly the hardest leg of this journey but we're so close to the end so we're not giving up don't worry I know we're gonna finish it we're so I, close yes yes we're so close that's so I true. was I, I was thinking to myself, I was like, hmm, if we went back and charted every week that we skit, we'd probably be done right now. You're not wrong. You're not <laughs> wrong. But we really like in the middle, we didn't skip a lot of weeks. And at the beginning, we really didn't skip a lot of weeks. But now we've skipped in the last year, we've probably skipped like a cumulative seven weeks, yeah. which were like, you know, 10 weeks from being done. <laughs> no. So, yeah, almost there. Almost, almost there. there. All right. Almost there. Well, yeah. we're talking about season seven, episode seven? Nine. Nine? Yes. <laughs> the honeymoon is over. <laughs> Very close. The honeymoon is over. Yes. And uh, my fun fact for today is the little boy who sees dead people is Michael Jacobs' son, which I'm sure as, if you're listening and you're like a super fan, you probably know that already. But yeah. That's Michael Jacobs' son. He makes a reappearance as Joshua in the last episode, too. So mm -hmm. we'll see him. That's not the end of uh, good old tiny Jacobs. Daniel Jacobs is his name. Good old Daniel. He's a cutie. <clears throat> yeah, he is. He's a cutie. Well, this is a depressing-ass episode. It is, especially because we just got through with, like, some fluffy, like, fun. It's their wedding, and then it's their honeymoon, and now the honeymoon is over, and they're like, oh, by the way, this is still Boy Meets World, where we decide to wreck you whenever we choose. Our writers are just like, this is the one. We're going to wreck you. Yeah. It's depressing, but it's also maddening in some way that I just kind of want to shake them, and I think a lot of the, like, in yeah. the ways that, like, Sean and Alan kind of do, where they just want to shake them and be like, do something. Mm-hmm. It's true. It's true. <laughs> Problem it's very, solved. 
I remember watching this. Well, and I think I've said this before. I think I actually said it last episode that we did. There were some very serious conversations that arose from this when I would watch this with my mom, because I was just like, I don't understand why Amy and Alan aren't helping them. And a lot of the reviews that I've seen from this episode on like uh, IMDb and uh, the Boy Meets World Wikipedia page are like, this episode does not track with Amy and Alan as characters. It doesn't whatever. And I'm like, it absolutely tracks with who they are. It 1000% tracks. It 1000% makes sense. And I am 1000% on their side, especially as an adult now looking at this. I could have been kind of on the fence when I was younger, but now I'm definitely Amy and Alan, team Amy and Alan all the way. Let me do a quick recap before mm-hmm. we get too far in. Oh gosh, since I haven't seen this in a week, this this might be a little rough, which I'm already rough at this. So this is gonna be this is gonna be fun. All right, here we go. And away. We go. Corey and Topanga get back from their honeymoon. They go back to the apartment, but Rachel and Angela are like, no, you can't live here. They go to the dorms. Jack and uh Jack and Eric are like, you can't live here either. You can only live in the married people dorm. They go there. It's horrible. So they go to Amy and Allen. They're like, please let, let us live with you. And they're like, no, uh, you have to make this your home. This is the, this is your bed. You must lie in it. Um, and Jack and Eric are staying in the dorm because they're living across the hall from triplets who end up with another set of triplets. And that's pretty much the end of that. <laughs> I don't remember what happens at the end of this. Wait, he gives her a flower and says he loves her. Corey returns to his dorm to paying his waiting. Okay. Yeah. So nothing really wraps up with their storyline. It it's like a to be continued because <laughs> yeah. it's like she she made a, a sad tuna sandwich and he's got a mm-hmm. They're like, our lives are sad. And I'm like, God, fucking use Like, that. whatever. Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny because I remember making a note of this when I watched it. There, the moment that Corey's like, we just need to think of the worst things in our lives and then this won't seem so bad. And he's like, wow, this is it, isn't it? And I was like, Topanga, your fucking parents just got divorced and you're saying that this is the worst thing that's happened to you? I was like, what the hell? If this is the worst thing that's happened to you, what the fuck? (laughs) I'm pissed. (laughs) They're doing fine, which is, I think it's in the next episode more where like Corey's continues bitching about the pipes and Sean is like then fix the fucking pipe yes yes <laughs> which we'll get there when that's actually two episodes from now oh no it's not it's, no, it's in in the next one I think right this next one yeah. yeah and yeah we'll get there because I also have issues with Sean in that episode not not him confronting Corey we'll get there when we get there but yeah this this whole thing just is again watching Corey just live this like completely privileged life and being 1000% oblivious to it and not being grateful for it and not that I would be like thrilled if this happened and I would like move into a place that looks like trash and then I obviously I would see a project that needs work but that's also something that I'm interested in I've always talked about like moving into a house that's like falling apart and just redoing the entire thing if I like had all the money in the world and I didn't have to work, then I would love to renovate houses. Like I grew up with my dad watching this old house. This is something that I've talked about forever. And so I, I have such a hard time wrapping my mind around the fact that Corey and Topanga walk into this house and they are instantly like, well, we got to find something better. We can't even like, there's no, there's no way as opposed to walking in and just being like, okay, well, it needs a lot of work, but this is where we are we got to deal with it yeah okay uh, there's i mean as it is from a whole like it's 
a a like contrived writing point that like the married dorms would ever be this right like mm-hmm. <laughs> there's wildly unacceptable dorm conditions to be handled. yeah but that's not the point the point is that they didn't even consider where they were living before they ran off on the honeymoon no oh you know what we should do we should do a lesson you should talk about what you've learned oh thanks okay <laughs> sorry um, i learned that providing for oneself and one's family requires work mm-hmm. i didn't learn that <laughs> i knew that yeah <laughs> already um, knew it just you I know learned that but drove I it home is to learn that like one you know i i don't I don't know. I mean, I don't fully buy into like marriage being this point at which you are now like responsible for providing for yourself kind of thing. Like that's an arbitrary measure. I do just Mm -hmm. think kind of like, you know, as you detach yourself and move out from your parents, then yeah, hopefully they're steadily supporting and helping you out along the way, but getting you firmly to the point at which you do not need it. Um, Yeah. Which is an interesting situation here, right? Because, like, yeah, Corey probably shouldn't have gotten married at this point if he's not prepared to, for the two of them to like independently support themselves. Yeah, that's uh, that's for me. Like, you shouldn't enter a marriage if you and your partner cannot take care of yourselves. <laughs> no, so that's correct. You know, that's the learning. The other lesson here, because, like, yeah, my parents still helped me through college. They gave me money mm-hmm. and support. Mm-hmm. Even once I moved to Chicago, I was mostly on my own, paying all my own bills. But there was a time or two where I was in some desperate need and they gave me some money to help me out or whatever and things like that. Mm -hmm. Co-signed on an apartment for me, uh, or actually Sarah's parents did, um, for our first apartment because neither of us had, from a credit perspective, we didn't have the ability really for that. By the time we were in our second apartment, yeah, we were pretty clipping along. So yeah, you should uh, not get married. You can't provide for yourself and your partner should work those things out before you get married. It's kind of like mm-hmm. another one of those big conversations you and your partner should probably talk about before you get married. Yep. Like kids, finances, those kinds of things. Yes. And maybe have, you know, uh, some sort of income before you just, I, I'm surprised which, with all the, at least from the outside, it seems like a lot of these conversations Amy and Alan hit before they got married. I'm surprised this wasn't one of them. Yeah. That like, hey, once you get married, that's your, you're cut off from your financial support. You need to provide for yourself and for, which I think you're right. I think it's a very, it seems like a very dated thing because then in theory, if they were dating and living together, you be supporting them? Is it just because they got married? Like, what is that? Why is that the, the gap? Or why is that the, the straw that breaks the camel's back, essentially? Right. I learned that it's okay to ask for help, but it's never okay to expect it. Yeah. Especially like from from the people that care about you, that you care about, like, yes, it is okay to ask for help from them. But the way that they walked in there and they were just like, Corey was like, it's me. I'm like, he was expecting, he was expecting that they would bail them out and they didn't. And I'm proud of them for it. And it was very 
inconsiderate for Corey to expect that level, that level of help as well. It wasn't like, Hey, we can't even afford to eat this week. Can we have 20 bucks? We'll pay you back. Like it wasn't even like that. It was like, Hey, we're going to live and mooch off of you for the next, however long foreseeable future. Hope that's okay with you. So it wasn't even like a small ask. It was a really big ask that should not have been expected of Alan and Amy. But yeah, I cannot believe they did not have that conversation before they got back. It blows, fully blows my mind and just shows the immaturity of Corey. I can't believe Topanga didn't have, like, honestly, I believe that of Corey. I believe that he just expected to like waltz back into school and like waltz into the apartment and be like, all right, everything's fine. This is my life now. And I live here with these, with Angela, (laughs) Rachel. I don't buy that Topanga didn't have a conversation with Rachel and Angela about this and be like, Hey, when we get back, we're going to stay here for a little while. If that's okay. Obviously we'll take up one of the bedrooms and like, we'll be, we'll be out of your hair in like a couple of weeks, but I just can't believe I didn't have that conversation. Also, I just don't buy for a second that the marriage dorms look that abysmal. (laughs) Right. I know. Absolutely not. That's a wildly unrealistic part of this episode. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yes. Now, Alan and Amy, I think we talked about it a little bit, right? Amy's like initial, like, come on, let's help them. And Alan's like, no. Mm-hmm. I think it's like measured and fair and Corey's a dick about it. And Alan mm-hmm. responds still kind of appropriately. Like maybe mm-hmm. it's, a little, it's a little hot sometimes, but like, I don't know. It all feels pretty good to me. I agree. Yeah. I, if I were, I feel like that would be, actually, it would be quite the opposite. I feel like my mom would be like, no, you can't live here. My dad would be like, oh, come on. It's only a couple weeks. And my mom would be like, no. (laughs) Although when I lost my job during the pandemic, my mom was like, well, you can always come back and live with us. I was like, thank you for the option. But, But again, if I were married, way different. If I were married, they'd be like, you guys got to figure it out. Like the only time that it would be, that they would be okay with like housing us would be if like, I don't, if our house burned down, like if, if I were married and our house burned to the ground and like, while we were getting all the insurance stuff figured out, then they'd be like, okay, yeah, you can stay with us. But that's pretty much it. (laughs) I think that would be the only instance where that would be okay. I I don't think I would ever want to go stay with my parents again. No, no. Yeah. Wow. How, what was your first apartment? Like, was it a, was it a shit show or was it okay? My very first apartment, because I did not, I lived at home during college because I went to, uh, like a state school close by, but Mm -hmm. I, my very first apartment was actually okay because I was only subletting for like four months before I moved up to Chicago. And then my first apartment here in Chicago was actually not too bad until like two months before I moved out. We got really bad bugs. Mm. It was, it was gnarly. Like they, they were gross. I mean, the apartment itself was very small um, and very expensive. And that year I did get a little financial help from my parents. Once I moved out of that place, I moved into a lot more affordable place and I haven't, I've been financially independent ever since, but like that first year in Chicago was not great. And yeah, it was like a nice enough 
place for it was me and Jamie at the time we were living together. It was a nice enough place, but yeah, that like three months before we moved out, all of a sudden it was kind of funny too, because I would get high and I would go to the kitchen to like get a snack or something and I would see bugs, but I was like, am I just really, really high or am I seeing this? Like, am I actually seeing this or am I just like stoned out of my mind? But then it started happening all the time. And we were Mm -hmm. like, this is disgusting. And it was just in the kitchen. We didn't have bugs anywhere else, but it was like, yeah, it was gross. It was disgusting. Yeah. We had my first apartment. I actually, I moved into an apartment when I was 19, a sophomore in college and I had a college Mm -hmm. apartment, but um, excluding those, my first apartment in Chicago was big. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's kind of the only positive adjective I think I might use to describe it though big it was uh third floor walk up um radiator heat and drafty windows yep oh yeah Um, sounds like my place on orchard yeah no no counters in the kitchen what (laughs) at all there was a there was like a sink um with a cap uh you know a cabinet style sink a basically just a uh, detached oven stove like fully just kind of like sitting against the wall with open space on either side of it but no counters um there was a a built-in like pantry type of deal cabinet that had like a small counter at it i guess but like very little to work with there um so yeah we had a, like a butcher block like a freestanding butcher block that we got that was like our only counter basically also, the kitchen sink was closer to like a paint mop sink than a regular kitchen yeah. sink. Yeah. Um, and we had a old ass clawfoot bathtub that never drained properly, no matter how much work we did. And the bathroom door, I think I've mentioned it before, had a uh, semicircle cut out of it so that it could get so around weird. get around the toilet bowl um (laughs) so weird yeah we dealt with some bugs here and Mm -hmm. there not not super frequent because but sometimes and uh two mice Mm -hmm. that's Mm -hmm. why i have cats (laughs) oh no oh yeah rugby he killed them um Killed one of the mice and hit it in a pair of Sarah's shorts that was on the floor. So we threw the shorts out. That's good. That's, you know what? It, it was their time. It was their yeah. time. <laughs> but that was rough. I mean, that was our first year. It was just Sarah and I, but it was big and it was cheap and it was in a nice spot. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So th- those were good. Bugs is the worst, honestly. I can deal with like, I don't know, things that are kind of falling apart. Like I can deal with the radiator heat and the drafty windows. Like I can insulate. I can, I feel like I've gotten to be kind of a pro with the radiator heat thing, but I can't do bugs. Bugs is, bugs is, bugs and mice. That's where I draw the line. Can't do it. Can't do it. Even like now we had one mouse in my current apartment, but like the cats got it and ate it. The only thing left was a tail. (laughs) So, yeah, it's nice to have vicious cats who, like, will fuck some shit up. Rigby's never eaten the mice. He's just killed them. Anyway. Um, Who's your MVP? 
My MVP is Alan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can't really. Uh, the only other person I could give it to, I feel like, would be Amy. I hate the Jack Eric storyline in this. Yeah, I don't even. I I don't think that it's fair of Rachel and Angela to just be like, oh, well, you're out. Like, okay, because a conversation was never had, maybe you should sit down and have a conversation. Because I don't think it's very fair that they were just like, okay, well, you're out. Bye. Like, again, circling back, they don't even, like, I guess Rachel would be the one whose apartment this now technically is because she's been there the longest. But, like, they already hijacked this from somebody else. So, like, why is this even no one has a claim over this apartment at this point because originally it was Eric and Jack's and well, Sean's too, but I'm pretty sure the, the lease is probably still under Jack and Eric's names. I just, whatever. It was a hijacked apartment in the first place. So why do they all, all of a sudden just get to make the rules of it? And because there was a miscommunication, I feel as though their unwillingness to be like, oh, since there was a miscommunication, you guys can totally stay for a couple of days, especially since Sean and Angela are probably sharing a room. So the third bedroom is probably for grabs. Right. I can't give it to them. I can't give it to Topanga and Corey because even Topanga is making me frustrated in this episode that she's not like, okay, let's make a, you know, let's put the work in. Let's make a, let's make lemonade out of these lemons because that feels very Topanga to me, especially since she just went through this whole thing last season about how you have to live life with hope and all that bullshit. And now where, where did that go? (sighs) And I can't give it to Corey because he's a privileged asshole in this episode, most episodes too, but in this episode specifically. Yeah. All very fair. Yeah. Yeah. I'll back you going Alan as well. Yeah. It seems, it seems fitting. Like I said, I just can't, I can't justify really anybody else. And also, like I said, the Eric Jack thing just makes me so. That's gross. I hate it. I just, I hate this. I hate Eric in the next episode. It's so frustrating because I feel like he now is not just like they've turned him into somebody like an unintelligible, unintelligible, unintelligent fool but they've also turned him into a creep and i'm like what the fuck what are you doing stop it stop that stop it right now i'm having a whole journey with eric right now it's not a good one but this kind of kicks up i mean there were a couple episodes earlier on in this season where he was creepy as well but this this kicks off the next episode for me where both of them hand in hand i'm like hate this hate this for you hate this journey for you that's kind of it huh i know i don't have much to say about this episode it just kind of it just kind of is i feel like it's a catalyst for what's to come in the next few episodes where you know Corey and topanga do make a house into a home just takes them yeah. a second they Listen, they get there it just takes them they, a second they from a space perspective they got a nice big kitchen yeah, we don't see the living room, but we do see their bedroom later, and it looks pretty nice in size. Like, mm-hmm. they got space, okay? And uh, yeah, they just gotta clean it, give it a paint job, and you're good to go. Yeah, gotta clean it, gotta fix, fix up. Yeah. yeah, fix the pipes, Call clean it up, repaint. And it's not like it's a huge place; it shouldn't take that long to like do some of the stuff if they actually like just spent some weekends getting down to it 
it would not take that long. It looks like well, all the electricity still works. See, that's the thing, right? When it comes to like any utility, like a plumbing, like they shouldn't have to fix that. They should just be like, hello, housing office. Not even that, housing office. This is your problem. Oh, that's true. That's true. Like they don't. Oh, yeah. It. <laughs> it's not theirs. No, absolutely not. I cannot believe the state in which they show up to this apartment. Okay, well, we'll wrap up here, guys. We're approaching the end of this journey. We're going to make it there through. through we the, will. And then the delay is we're going to get there and um, it's going to happen. It will happen. I promise. Um, listening, y'all. Go get you a mug on our. Yeah. Go buy yeah. some merch. That'd be mm-hmm. fun. Wouldn't that be fun? I think it'd be fun. Um, <laughs> there's a link for that in our bio and, you know, in this episode description and, you know, we're all over the socials. So get on our Instagram, the Feeny call podcast. We're also on Facebook and Twitter, although I'm not as active on those. We're just at Feeny call on those. Yes. And you can send us an email, Feeny call podcast at Gmail. And if you have thoughts and feelings, you can also leave us a voicemail because like I said, a lot of people unlike me, disagreed with Amy and Alan's decision in this episode. So if you think Amy and Alan were in the wrong, let me know and I will fight you. Fight you. Megan's so, ready to throw in. Right. I'm ready to throw elbows. Just kidding. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks for listening, y'all. And uh, as always, class dismissed.